Pace Line is produced by the Cycling Independent with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. From the Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, John Emlin, Robot Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. So just before we started recording, you said you actually got out for three hours this morning. Yep. Yep. Uh, Color me envious. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, this is one of those things where uh, some of my friends ride every Wednesday. Uh Uh-huh. And so I'm on a text thread called Wednesday Dirt, and they sort of call it out, and it's incumbent on me. You know, it sort of puts me in the position of saying no. Uh, and that's a good place to be, because, uh, you know, uh, I, should, I should be saying yes. And it's painful to say no. It's, it's much easier to say yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I went I went out. Uh, th- we did three hours this morning on single track, which is a lot. <laughs> um, but. But, you know, that's and that's unusual. Mostly people have work commitments. Um, I'm usually the only one that's like, no, I, I keep going. I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh but no, today we we really lit it up, which is which was uh, extra funny because yesterday uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays I do like a boot camp uh, oh. session workout session, and yesterday we did all legs, and so I got on the bike this morning with two wooden legs. <laughs> um, I don't know what material they were when I got off, but it was a good ride anyway. <laughs> well, I started a a new practice for myself yesterday of getting out at lunch giving myself one hour to get up from my computer, get changed, hurry out for a short ride, get back, shower and sit back down, you know, inside of one hour. Um, Cause I can't, you know, I can't do, I can't get out at the end of my workday anymore because it's dark here at four forty-five, which is what, like a half hour later than you're, you're dark. Um, yeah. 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 We're in we're in we're firmly in headlight territory, headlamp, headlight territory now. Ugh, yeah. More of which anon. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. Yeah, I just I don't ride with lights all that much. And I I'm not sure what it is. I know how to do it, but I just um, unless somebody's dragging me out, I I don't put lights on a bike and, and get out that way. It's a, it's a, I mean, darkness is definitely a psychological barrier. Um, mm. In the days when I was working in an office, I would just dread this time of year where you get to the end of the workday, it's dark. Mm-hmm. You got to pull your bike stuff back on, which is, you know. The best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to like set out in the dark in traffic. Um, 
I always really, I did it, and a lot of times I really enjoyed it, but there's a psychological barrier to going out there and dealing with it that's, that's tough. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, and I think I said this a few weeks ago uh, on the podcast, uh, this is exactly the time of year when you have to sort of force yourself to do it. Mm -hmm. Like it's still, it, winter isn't really here yet. Uh, yeah. So if you're not doing it now, you're not going to do it later, at least speaking for myself. <laughs> no, no, that is, that is, it. yeah, you, you've got to establish the practice. Yes. And that's what yesterday was all about. And uh, I will uh, uh, do my dead level best to emulate that today and tomorrow. And, you know, uh -huh. yeah. consistency yeah. is king. No, no ride has to be, especially this time of year, no ride has to be. Uh, a hammer fest, suffer fest, epic, whatever. You just got to keep going. You know, years and years ago, I used to do a little bit of coaching and, uh, you know, it was just, it was just people close to me. Um, and it's not like I was charging money and, you know, I wasn't doing super structured workouts, but you know, it was some guidance and, uh, I had someone get really, really wound up about the nature, uh, of her workout, uh, in November. And I was like, you just, you need to calm down. Uh, nothing you do in November in terms of an individual workout is going to make any difference when you're racing in March. Uh, what makes the difference is whether or not you're getting out there. As long as you're getting out there, and you're not like going so long and so hard that you've dug a hole that keeps you off the bike for three days. Uh, as long as you're not screwing up, you're doing it right. Yeah. I, I just aim to keep the floor of my fitness as high as possible through the winter. I'm not looking for any ceilings. I'm just trying to keep the floor from sinking too low. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm, I am definitely uh, digging out of a hole and I'm starting the dig now. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, and the other piece, the other piece of that is the sanity piece. They mm -hmm. are interrelated. They mm -hmm. are Venn diagram overlapping. <laughs> <laughs> are, you know, is it, I, I sometimes wonder, is it like concentric circles or are they eccentric or are the circles exactly the same size and concentric so that it's just one circle and you really can't tell anything more than that. Um, that, I like that idea a lot. I like that idea a lot, but I, I actually think that I can lose my sanity on either side. So if I don't ride very much, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll lose it. And if I ride too much, I'll lose it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, my sanity doesn't go if I'm riding too much. Um, but my ability to be an effective person goes and, well, I, and I, so, for me, those are the same thing. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm really training for a thing, which is not very common, well, certainly I didn't do it at all this year, but the year before I trained for some big things and my wife right. was like, come on, man. <laughs> Well, you know, and and let's be clear here. When when your wife, the badass yeah. that she is, says, come on, man, um, you have really been dressed down because she uh, uh, 
she is the very measure of capable. Well, she is, and she and she knows who I am and what I am, and so she signed up for a certain measure of this. But you know, <laughs> there's only so many measures you can absorb before you're like, "Come on, man!" Uh, I, I, I would certainly be intimidated if I if I got a suck it up from Brittany. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. It it's uh it, it's Christmas music time. Ugh. I was in the grocery store yesterday and Harry Connick Jr. came on um, and I was like, you know, I'm okay with this. I'm square with this. I, I am ready for this. I hark. I am enjoying this. I was like, oh, man. My, my head was going with the music and you know, I was, I was bopping and diddying. Um, wow. Yeah. I am not there. I'm not there. Actually, I'm going to put this out there and I don't mean it as a humbug, but it's going to come out that way. If I never heard another Christmas song ever, ever, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be good with that. That'd be fine. I, uh, I mean, I haven't broken out the Vince Guaraldi yet, um, <laughs> but I am I am absolutely looking forward to it. This is going to be, uh, for me, a Christmas of a very different feather than <laughs> name a year um, going back mm. quite some ways. Uh, my boys are going to have a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun surprising them. Uh, I've got some pleasantness in store for me. Um, I don't know the specific flavor. But uh I, I think I'm going to say that this year may actually end on a good note after all of what this year has been. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'll sit through Vince Garaldi if you can have a good end of the year. All right. Deal. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cue the Linus and Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They can play that at the bookstore. If I'm at the bookstore, they can play Vince Guaraldi and I'm all right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a, a certain matter of contractual obligation where we now discuss things that we think people ought to give to cyclists. And maybe in some instances, uh, cyclists give these things to other cyclists or maybe just to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the stuff. It's mm -hmm. all those things. Yeah, they are. Um, so they are, as you said, they are playing Christmas songs at the grocery store. And all the pumpkin spice nonsense has been put away in favor of peppermint flavored dreck. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a sure sign it's time to agonize over gift buying for people you only sort of like or only kind of understand. Um. In other words, it's Santa o'clock. <laughs> uh, so here we are with some gift suggestions for cyclists. Since I imagine nearly everyone listening is already a bike rider, this might just be about stuff you might get for someone you ride with or for yourself once we're past December 26th, and it's okay to go back to being self-centered again. Oh, oops. <laughs> yep. Here, <laughs> that's right. Here's where I uh, here where I live. Uh, as we said uh, a few minutes ago, it's dark in the morning and dark in the evening, for that matter. So you need lights, and this is one category of cycling accessory where, in my opinion, you're way better off going big than saving money. Mm. Uh, 
I'm not hugely safety minded, as listeners might know, but riding with dim lights is a bad idea uh, and also not that much fun. Right. Mm hmm. Uh, like that, that type of risk isn't isn't like a rewarding one. It's just a sketchy one. Um, so headlights are the most important. Uh, you, I think you can get away with uh, most any flasher style light for the rear. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that are better than others, but I think a headlight headlamp is where you're really uh, going to get your bang for the buck. So I recommend going with something 800 lumens or higher. Mm-hmm. Some of that will depend on the beam shape and pattern mm-hmm. uh, and where you mount it. Uh, but I'm not going to get into all of that stuff. That's a that's a topic for another day. That's a whole pull. It is. It's a whole exposition. But uh, so something 800 lumens or higher. USB rechargeability is critical for me. That's non-negotiable. Uh, I don't need. I'm so bad at like all the incremental maintenance of cycling. You know, like <laughs> lubrication and airing. T- I'm just everything that you're supposed to do on the regular. I just don't. So I need a USB rechargeable thing because I'm just not going to manage batteries. Um, <laughs> the other big thing here is the stability of the clamp. Uh-huh. Um, especially if you're riding off-road, as I usually am these days, uh, the clamp needs to hold the light where the light is. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than coming out of a pothole in the dark and then remaining in the dark because your light is now pointing back at you. Um, yeah. Rather than naming a specific light, I'm just going to say I've had good luck with Night Rider uh-huh. lights. Uh-huh. Uh, they're sort of, you can spend more, you can spend less. I think they're a good solid middle market bet where uh, the quality is high, uh, the price is reasonable, and they last a long time. Another key accessory for cold weather is a solid pair of gloves. Mm. Uh, I love, love, love the Kraft Siberian, which which is actually the Siberian 2.0 now. But uh, it has this great balance of warmth, dexterity, comfort, and durability, which are the four big things for me in a cold weather glove. Mm -hmm. I reviewed it before, but I had mine on the other morning and was reminded how all time that glove is. It's not going to take you into the lower 20s, uh, but it's a solid it's a solid everyday winter glove as long as it's not too, too cold. Uh Uh, If you live in a warmer place, I'm in the middle of evaluating for review uh, a new lizard skin glove, the three season. Uh huh. Uh, which I actually rode this morning. So I'm going to say more about that later, but I'll say that if you live in a warmer place where winter means 40-ish, that is also a pretty good glove. Um, One crazy idea, especially for a cyclist that has a ton of stuff already, is a changing wrap, uh, like the ones made by Orange Mud. Orange Mud is the name of the company. I keep one in my car all the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. It has a cool zip closure on one end that lets you hook it over the top of the driver's seat so it stays in place uh, when I'm too sweaty to sit in the driver's seat without really besmirching it in a permanent kind of way. (laughs) So it's good for those like really sweaty summer rides uh, if you have ridden to the ride, uh, if you've driven to the ride rather. Mm-hmm. It also has a hook system on one side, so you can you can like put it around your waist, and it actually hooks. 
Uh, so you can use it to change out of chamois after a ride without exposing yourself to to nature or passersby. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very useful. Uh, I it's essential equipment for me now, especially mm-hmm. given how sweaty I am. But uh, it's good in all sorts of scenarios. And then finally, I'm going to suggest a jet boil flash Java kit. Uh, huh which is a lightweight cook stove, jet boil, uh, specifically designed for making coffee in the wild. Um, in, in my opinion, there's not a lot better than drinking coffee in the woods. Um, more people should do it. Uh, <laughs> the jet boil flash Java kit is the easiest way to make that happen. Huh? Yep. Um, help me out here. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm going to start drinking coffee now, but I'm trying just to picture the scenario. What you've you've ridden out to some mid ride stopping point and where everyone else in it, well, where all the people I know in California are whipping out um, uh, 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 magic bud. Um, you're right. you're grinding coffee beans at some scenic overlook. Yeah, I mean, the beans are ground in advance, um, but, you know, in the space of basically just slightly larger than a one liter Nalgene, this Jetboil Java kit is everything you need. So I bring a, a Nalgene full of water, the the Jetboil, uh, and some ground, some coffee grounds, uh, and I'm good to go. And so I, you know, uh, there's a group of uh, friends who will sometimes just say, we're going to do coffee in the woods. And actually, we know where coffee in the woods happens. Uh, so we can all go there together or we can meet there. And uh, yeah, sometimes people bring snacks. Huh. Yeah, it's all time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I, I mean, um, having seen you interact with others when you were at seven, and uh, hearing the call go out, buckets, um, <laughs> buckets. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I am I am well versed in your love of Java, uh, but I am heretofore unfamiliar with anyone actually making coffee in the woods. I have never heard of this before. I'm not deriding it in any way. Uh, uh, you, you can if you want, you know, but uh, it's magic. It's the best. I mean, it's a thousand percent better than sitting inside any chain coffee place. And I should just say, I should go back for a second. You mentioned buckets uh, mm-hmm. because when I worked at seven, uh, Carl Borney, uh, n- who now owns True Cyclery in New Haven, Connecticut. But Carl would say, who wants a bucket? Uh, and a bucket is a reference to the extra large iced coffee from Dunkin Donuts 32 ounces worth it's a lot it's a it's a bucket of coffee uh, right but we got through a lot of summer afternoons that way I I mean I I would have been in low earth orbit with that much caffeine yeah yeah and that is that, that is um light roast coffee which is just caffeinated to the hilt <laughs> It's really not a good thing to do to yourself. Uh, but, and 
it's not good coffee either. Like, you know, I, sometimes my uh, coffee snob friends, and I, I drink a lot of really nice coffee. Uh, anyone looking for recommendations, hit me up. But I, I, so I drink a lot of nice coffee, but I'm not averse to bad coffee either. I like all the kinds. So sometimes my <laughs> coffee snob friends are like, you're going to drink a bucket of Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee? That's right. I am. <laughs> You are precisely the man to go there. Yes. Uh, all right. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I've seen people consume all sorts of different things in the middle of a mountain bike ride. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, uh, I'm not one to head in any of those directions unless it's uh, scratch labs or cliff bar or a goo. Um, I'm pretty tame. Uh, when I'm out in the woods. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's something I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, but I, I, I find it, uh, more intriguing than amusing. I mean, you should, uh, make yourself a pot of green tea out there sometime. Uh, and, and one thing it's really good for, in addition to being a delicious beverage, is it's a good way to slow your roll you know uh a lot of times when i'm in the woods i'm just ripping around in the uh, on the trails with my friends I'm, and it's we're just all like tongues lolling to one side mm-hmm. just trying to keep up with each other like no one knows why we're going so fast but we just are <laughs> everyone is thinking at the same time gosh i wish we weren't going so fast um and if you're going for coffee in the woods, that's just a you just ramble out there and sit and uh, let the woods get on you for a little bit. And it doesn't have to be coffee. You could make tea in that Java kit. You could make hot cocoa. Oh, you could take the boys out in the woods, make some hot cocoa, give them each a marshmallow and and they'll they will their enjoyment of the ride will go up measurably. But, uh, yeah, okay, okay, um, I'm, mm. Am I painting the picture for you now? You're, you're painting a whole new scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, uh, I'm, I'm now, I'm not sure I'm going to buy a jet boil, but I'm now rethinking hot fluids in the woods. Yeah, I mean, even a, even a, a reasonable thermos would get you where you're trying to go. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Well, we're going to take a break and we will be back in just a minute. I was a know-it-all bike mechanic back in the 1990s when I learned that Shimano was introducing the first integrated brake and shift lever. (sighs) Laughably, I dismissed it. I can recall making comments about how easy it was to move my hand from my bar to my shift lever. Though young, I was already well-versed in snark, and then I rode a bike equipped with Shimano's Dura-Ace STI. Ladies and gentlemen, I ate the crow, feathers and all. Not only had I been wrong about how handy the invention was, even beyond the ease of operation, what I learned was that I could shift more often and in circumstances too dicey to be willing to take a hand off the bar. In time, I realized that they increased my efficiency, allowing me to downshift even as I was braking through a turn. 
Shimano fundamentally changed how I ride road bikes. And they did so for the better. Okay, we're back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. What's your poll this week? Well, I'm going to open with a comment about Christmas lists, okay? Mm, okay. Some folks ask their loved ones for lists of things they want. And before I mention anything, let me just say that if you have a loved one who has asked for something specific, while I have no business telling you what to do, I do heartily support getting them the thing that they want. Uh, I'm notoriously hard to buy for because my passions can be so, um, well, wildly obscure. Mm. <laughs> uh, yep. Here I am reminded of the Christmas of 1989, oh. where my mom asked me for a list and then she bought me exactly one item from the list. I'm going to say there were a dozen items on it. And sure. I knew I wasn't going to get all of them, but I figured I'd, I'd do pretty well. And they were things that I was super interested in. Well, uh, she bought me exactly one item from that list. One. <laughs> and so I asked her what the point was to me taking time to think about what I wanted if I wasn't actually going to get most of it. And she said, well, what's the fun of just getting things you expect? Yeah. Well, you know, my answer to that was, well, you know, just once, please let me experience the dissatisfaction of no surprises and getting only things that I wanted. I'm curious what that's like. Uh, I am still still entirely unfamiliar with that experience. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so all that said, you know, I do vote for experiences over stuff, but cycling is a sport of stuff. So here with stuffiness. All right. First off is something I mention every year. And, you know, sorry if this is a broken record, but I just can't hit this note hard enough because I don't see many people wearing them. The secret weapon, thermal bib shorts. They really don't require much explanation. They're bib shorts, but instead of lycra panels, they are cut from Roubaix lycra, insulated, okay? Uh, they are great because they can be worn with leg warmers, knee warmers, or without warmers at all. And the pad is always exactly where it should be, which is, at least for me, never the case with either tights or knickers that have a pad integrated into them. The distance from the pad to where they stop at my knees is never the same as the actual distance from my crotch to my knees. So the pad always pulls away from my undercarriage and that spells chafing. Oh, yeah. Insulated bib shorts solve that problem. I'm agnostic to brand on this. Uh, you know, my feeling is if you find a pair of thermal bibs, just buy those uh, so long as they fit. Uh, but I will say that Pearl Izumi makes some of the most affordable, uh, most affordable thermal bibs out there. Man, toy boat. Um, and they feature plenty of stretch for <coughs> winter pounds uh, and can be ordered online if your local shop doesn't sell Pearl Izumi. <coughs> sure. Uh, I'm also a big believer in buying gifts that people might not invest in for themselves. Uh, this next one is the sort of thing that people often overlook, 
but has the power to make a cold day much more bearable. The thermal base layer. Sportful makes my two favorites in this category currently because they aren't crazy expensive like those from Asos, and they are warm enough that their long sleeve thermal base layer and a thermal jacket can keep me warm into the 30s. Two layers comfortable in the 30s. That's not easy to do. They also make a short sleeve version of their thermal base layer, which is the bomb. Uh, it can be combined with arm warmers and a vest to keep someone comfortable uh, from the upper 30s to nearly 60 degrees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, I have a few favorites on the, in that category myself. Um, it's, you know, it's one of those things that people will get a little bit passionate about, you know? Yeah, I have a um, I have a piece from Solomon, uh, which is a wool base layer. It's thin. It has a hood, but it's a tight hood, right? So it's actually mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. like a uh, balaclava. Yeah. And I wear it skiing, but I also wear it mountain biking in the wintertime. And it's just the best. It's the sort of thing. And because it's wool, I usually get more than one wearing out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. before it needs to be washed and mm-hmm. god I, I could have more of those very happily and just wear them every day in the winter very cool yeah uh these sportful ones are kind of ribbed so that they trap some air uh beneath the base layer itself um mm. the uh yeah i i've i've worn other base layers that are as warm but they were more expensive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're also nicely stretchy. It's a good fit. Uh, I like them a lot. Sometime back, one of Celine's pace line picks was a pair of alpaca socks uh, from a Wisconsin based outfit called follow a hollow. Uh, they sent each of us a pair of their boot length alpaca socks, which I am currently wearing. Uh, and they are simply the finest socks I have ever worn. Hey, that's a hard statement to really make and stand by. Yeah. Um, uh, they, I'm, these are at least three years old. Um, and they're just as soft and warm as they were the day I got them. Um, they're not cheap. A pair can run about $35 depending on the length of sock. That's the boot length. The ankle length is like 22 or 24. Um, you know, if you want the cyclist in your life or maybe yourself, uh, to be more comfortable, uh, man, these are a good, good way to go. They are truly remarkable socks. Um, okay. Now truly on to some experience stuff. You want to completely blow away your sweetie? Give them an entry into an event they've talked about and book a nice hotel and make a dinner reservation at a good restaurant in that town. Yes, this is a pricey gift. But how many times have you bought someone a nice tie or a shirt? Neither one of you can recall what you bought just six months later. Uh, And... Honestly, all the recent studies on happiness tell us that we derive more happiness from spending our money on experiences. Another option is to buy the mountain bike in your mountain biker in your life, a skills clinic. Yep. This can be a bit tricky because mountain bikers generally think they know how to mountain bike 
Uh, I say that as a, a person guilty of this. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm living it. I am a one man example of Keatsian negative capability. I think I know how to ride a mountain bike, but all it takes is one video clip on Facebook to remind me that generally I ride in a way that ensures that I won't get more than 24 inches of air. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I am, I am not Red Bull Rampage ready. <laughs> I'm not even, you don't, I, I've never thought of you and Red Bull Rampage at the same time. Take no offense from that. I, I, none at all. Uh, yeah. it, I mean, I take that as you, you still have an accurate picture of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, the outfit I, he, I hear, uh, most, uh, man, I can't speak today. The outfit I most consistently hear good things about is Ninja mountain bike. They do clinics for adults, women-only clinics, specific jumping clinics, and even clinics for kids. Uh, And have I got a kid for them? Uh, They run clinics in 38 of the 50 states. And with the exception of residents of Hawaii and Alaska, it's hard to be more than about a four-hour drive from somewhere they run clinics. So, yeah. Uh, need operation. Uh, and it's something I do endeavor to do in the next year. My father who passed a few weeks ago had a remarkable ability to give meaningful gifts. Long after my parents had divorced, he gave my grandparents, that is his ex in-laws copies of the New York times from the days of their births. Uh, when he wanted to give my sister, or me an experience rather than a thing, he would buy a card, then draw a coupon inside, and it would say something like, good for one free trip to Africa. Wow. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Africa. Um, you know, so kind of a variation on my first suggestion, pick a destination, maybe print out a color photo or two from the location, hotel or resort, and put those in the card. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty awesome way to surprise people. I, I have, uh, put this into, into use myself. Um, and I, I will be doing it this year for my boys. Um, yeah. And before we move on to Paceline Picks, I'll remind everyone of my Paceline Pick from last week, artist Bill Cass's site where people can commission him to do art based on their cycling adventures. That's really about as cool a cycling gift as I can think of. Um, mm. I've seen some of the other commissions that he's done uh, post mine. And that dude just has such an eye. It's really remarkable. Uh, I also saw a picture of a pirate with his dog and he said he got something wrong about the dog. And I'm looking at the dog and it's like, <laughs> well, the dog looks perfect to me. Um, so uh, he he has incredibly high standards for what he does. Um, and I just, I think it's so cool that anybody out there can just send him an email and say, Hey, how about this? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably commission something again sometime in the next few years. Cause the, the, the first time was such a good, well, actually it's my third. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. Back during the asphalt days, I was commissioning art from him. So, yeah, I've, yeah. Bill Cass. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bill Cass. Bill Nimbles, freaking Cass. Nimbles.com? Nimbles.com. N-Y-M-B-O-L-S.com. Yes. And uh, we're going to talk about stuff more now with the Pace Line Picks. Well, sort of. Uh, this week, I'm picking World Bicycle Relief. Mm-hmm. The pitch is pretty simple. Over the last decade or so, World Bicycle Relief has designed, refined, and delivered what's called their Buffalo Bike. And it's basically a purpose-built transportation delivery bike Yeah, uh, that gives people a way to get to school or work or markets or whatever they do. There are people that have started delivery businesses with them. Uh, the basic mission is just to empower people through human-powered transportation. And everyone I know who has worked with them has raved about what a good organization it is. Uh, they are trying to give away one million bicycles and mobilize five million people by 2025, uh, which is a project I'm down with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where I live, by and large, the cyclists have all the stuff they need. Uh, mm hmm and I'm sure they and I will all get more. We talk a hell of a lot about stuff, and I'm here for it. I love all the stuff, but this is a chance to help people who might not have a lot of stuff to get on a bike that can change their lives. Yeah. Not yeah. add incremental fun. Change their lives for the better. Because honestly, when has a bike ever made someone's life worse? Uh, fair point. Yeah. I donated uh, yesterday. So I'm putting my my money where my big dumb mouth is uh world bicycle relief awesome yeah so um my pick's not going to register on the altruism scale uh but it will register on the whole keeping yourself young thing um oh, it sits that. somewhere between stuff and experiences honestly <laughs> so earlier in the show i mentioned ninja mountain bike and the mountain biking camps they put on well in addition to their camps, they produce their own ramps for people to work on their jumping skills. Oh. I bought their Hopper Coach Double Bridge this fall. Uh, this is a bundle of two ramps, two extensions, and one very good time. <laughs> I, I like that. Is that their marketing copy or yours? Mine, mine. They owe, yes. you, they owe you a dollar. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, you know, as you as you say, uh, now that you mention that it, it these these ramps aren't cheap, uh, even discounted um, on their site. It ran fourteen fifty. Oof. Uh, and the decimal point comes after the fourteen fifty, not midway through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I actually took some of the money I got from my insurance settlement on the two bikes that were stolen a year ago. And concluded that investing in ramps uh, would be good for my boys and me. Matthew is not so in love with it following a fall. He did not ride up the ramp with uh, sufficient speed, uh, mm. which may have only been like six or eight miles an hour. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he fell off and there were tears. Uh, but Philip is developing his jump and is doing it without clipless pedals Unlike his old man. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get uh, me started. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got an update on that some other time. All right. um, I have had a couple of uh, clipless uh, rides recently for various reasons. These ramps, though, the Ninja Mountain Bike ones are incredibly well designed, very well constructed, 
modular, adjustable, and pack up in a very compact package. Uh, I went to Home Depot and bought a gardener's wagon to tote them out behind our complex <laughs> when we play with them. Um, and let me tell you, using, you know, you would think, oh, yeah, a little jumping, you know, that that's some work. But using these things on flat ground is just, it's a bigger workout than you would think. Uh, sprinting up to speed to try to clear a gap means I can't phone it in uh, or soft pedal it in or coast. Uh, two hours of jumping and I am toast. That is a, that's an excellent point you make. Uh, a big challenge uh, to uh, mountain bikers in New England is there's actually almost nowhere to gain speed before a jump <laughs> that also includes a clear run out after. <laughs> yes. that's like yes that's like the planets aligning in all of the solar systems yeah yeah um yeah in california there's certainly room to uh to get off the ground and usually plenty of room to come back down and uh the only ingredient that is generally missing for a person like me is uh what do they call oh yeah nerve yep yeah yeah yep. yeah uh the first time I put the ramps together, you know, I, I pulled them out of the box and I was like, you know, it probably wouldn't be that hard for somebody to build something like this. Once they were fully assembled with the bungees that keep the pieces from coming apart as you're landing on them and, you know, the, the various little hooks and the uh, adjustable slots and whatnot, I, I will never, ever say that again about these ramps. They're so incredibly well thought out. The guy who designed them deserves, you know, the, the, the mountain bike equivalent of Oscars. Uh, <laughs> I, it's they really are just very impressive. Um, I'm I probably built a still pair of too ramps many. for my youngest son uh, to skate on uh, mm -hmm. a few years back. Uh, and then I used them myself a little bit. And I can say that having made my own, I would happily pay for a better product than made by someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, there, there were those plans in the back of boy's life when I was a kid where you could make your own amusement park. Mm. And all they sent you was the plan. You know, it was like 14 bucks or something. I, right. I forget. Uh, and then you had to go out and get all the lumber and a saw and, you know. Yeah. This is this is not if somebody offered to sell me the plans um, and then somebody else offered to let me use their wood shop. Uh, no, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy the ramps, buy the ramps from the ramp people. Yeah. Spend yeah. your energy trying to get enough speed to get your get your sorry self off the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> my my skills are improving. They are still entirely modest. Mm. Um sort of like me mostly yeah yeah <laughs> be who you are it's beautiful yeah all righty well that's a wrap on another episode of the pace line uh what are you doing this weekend you having fun uh this weekend i have cause to be right by my favorite current mountain biking trails uh both saturday and sunday so i'm gonna be out there doing it uh 
both days, I hope. There last weekend, no, two weekends ago, I rode there. Someone has built a large seesaw there. Oh. There are a couple of seesaws. One of them is low, and one of them is much larger. And I rode the much much larger one recently, uh, and fell off the top. Uh, <laughs> which How was, high? Oh, three and a half feet, maybe. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and then you're on, so you're three and a half feet up, and then you're on top of your bike and whatever. I, the landing was soft, uh, relatively speaking, and I did apologize to the shrubbery, uh, <laughs> which cushioned me. Uh, and, and in that fall, I learned that actually you have to put your front wheel further past the center point of that seesaw because it's heavy. Uh, and I was able to ride it the second second time through. Um, but that just says w- what I'm trying to say is this place is a total playground. Awesome. And so I'm going to be hard at it this weekend. What about you? Well, uh, Saturday I have, uh, my first ride with, uh, my son's NICA team as an actual L1 licensed NICA coach. Nice. I have, I have passed all my various, uh, tests and whatnot, took the courses, uh, and I, that'll, I'll be talking about that in a future episode. Uh, but I'm really excited for the ride coming up. Uh, I'm hoping that my son elects to use the two largest cogs in back this week. Mm-hmm. We will see. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and, uh, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Is yelling shift over and over. Does that count as coaching? Uh, I'm not sure what it counts as, uh, but I know it doesn't amount to much. And so I, uh, I, you know, I try to be gentle and say, you know, if you, if you've got some more cogs there, if you use those, I I think it'll be, it'll help you. I try to be gentle and, uh, you know, he's, he's already worked out a rationale why those big cogs just don't work for him. Yeah. 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 I've I've heard that rationale, uh, from, my own kids. Yeah. Well, I probably shouldn't talk about uh, 13 year olds who have figured out the world because I may have been that kid as well. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for TCI's other podcasts, plural uh, revolting, which is a cycling podcast that isn't really about cycling, though it sometimes is uh, with John. And Steve Knievel of All Hail the Black Market. And I'm pleased to report that we have two new episodes, finally, of Enter the Deuce, which is, well, not, even not less about, about cycling. cycling. Yes. <laughs> uh, and is much more about the miracle that is modern medicine. Uh, we're hoping you like them. And if you do, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And if we aren't listed in a place you like to get your podcasts, please let us know. Uh, where you'd like us to appear. Um, there are an awful lot of outlets out there. And hey, send us questions. We love that. If you've got an idea uh, or a request or a question, please drop by the Cycling Independent and put a suggestion in the comments. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady. With John Emlyn, Robot Lewis, thanks for listening to The Paceline.